Joshua by now? Joshua and Joshua chapter 1. You get it? Put your finger in it. And I want to declare God's blessing over this word, our Bible confession. Our Bible confession. So, Media, if you'll get that for us. I know you were getting to the scripture already, but let's do our Bible confession. Okay, let's do it. Ready? Go. This is my Bible. It is the inspired, infallible, immutable word of God. I long for it more than my necessary food. I love it, and I'm never offended. I live by it, and I prosper in whatever I do. The word that I'm about to receive will sanctify me, build me up, and give me an inheritance among the saints. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, Joshua chapter 1, verses 5 through 9. When you get it, say amen. amen. All right, let's read it together. Ready, read. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Father God, tonight we thank you for the word we're about to receive. Speak now from heaven. We, your servants and your children, we hear and we intend to obey. And we, we conform our lives, not to this world, but to the word of God. Let it be unto us in our lives according to your word, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. And amen. All right, take your seats tonight. Tonight we're on um, part two of this message we began on Sunday. Uh, don't, be a, don't become a victim. Don't become a victim. All right. I'm glad y'all made it back tonight. Y'all brave enough and weren't offended by the word. Hallelujah. The Bible says, great peace have they who love the law, the word, and nothing shall by any means offend them. So when you and I love the word of God, the word does not offend us. Just a few of y'all got that. Amen. Now, I, was, I started out sharing with you uh, Sunday about how, um, according to latest stats, and even if you go back and check today's stats, still less than one, less than, um, or fewer than 1% of Americans have been uh, infected by coronavirus. And but 100% of us have all been affected by it. And so it's all around us. The virus is all around us, and this has been, you know, a funky year. <laughs> but it's a good year. It's the year of the Lord. And the devil's just, just trying to kick up dust because he knows his time is short. And so the, the desire of the enemy is to get us all focused on uh, coronavirus, viruses, and uh, get us focused heavily on um, uh, 
civil injustices. Okay, that's a good way to put it. But at the root of it is hatred and discrimination and all kind of prejudice and injustice that's um, evident not only in America but all over the world. Uh, if you look at injustice, injustice is just is not an American problem. It's a world problem because it's a sin problem. It's a heart problem in man, and it's not limited from one race to another. It's, it's within races. It's within uh, people. You look over in Africa where everybody lives the same color uh, in, in, in countries, and there's still as much injustice over there as there is here. Y'all can say amen. amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Because these things, they come, as I told you on Sunday, from the pit of hell. From Satan. Satan is out to destroy. He's out to divide us. Therefore, he can conquer us. That's his goal, divide and conquer. And so we've got to really resist this division that the devil's trying to bring, um, that he's trying to really uh, exploit. So I think the division has been there, but he's trying to exploit that division. So we've got to uh, fight against that and answer the cry of Jesus in John 17 to become one, even as Jesus Christ and the Father are one. I'm getting to very few amens to start out tonight. Now, 1 John 5.19 says something to us here in 1 John 5.19. talks about the whole world lies under the sway, that word sway means control, of the wicked one. Now, who's the wicked one? Satan. So Satan's the wicked one. It says the whole world is under his control. How much of the world? The whole world. How much? The whole world. All right. So the whole world or the whole world system or the whole world in its population. Now, except for us, we know we are of God. We are of God. So we're separated out from this here. We're not under Satan's control. Unless we put ourselves under Satan's control. As I told you Sunday, my job is to try to make sure that we don't get or put ourselves under Satan's control. Revelation chapter 12 and verse 9 says this, so, that, so the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called who? The devil and Satan. So we make, the Lord makes sure we know who he's talking about here. The great dragon that you read about in Revelation, he's the same one as that serpent of old from Genesis. So Genesis Revelation, the devil's busy, and he's still busy. And it's called the devil and Satan, who deceives how much? The whole world. So Satan deceives the whole world. Not just a few people. So he's running this whole world system. Okay, and it says he was cast to the earth and his angels were cast out with him. So Satan's running this whole thing. And so I gave you another scripture Sunday, John 14, verse 30 in Amplified. John 14, verse 30 in Amplified Bible, Jesus calls Satan the prince, the evil genius, and ruler of the world. Y'all got it? Now y'all just listen to what I'm saying to you. I know y'all know this stuff already because y'all are Bible geniuses. But I want to reiterate, if you allow, tonight. <laughs> I need to make this a stickler for you. 
Because I want, you, I want you to see who's behind all that we see. I got to make sure we know who's behind it. Because if we don't know who's behind it, we make the mistake of looking at who's in front. And the devil's behind it. He may manifest in all kinds of people, in governments, and police officers, and teachers, and your neighbor, and your cousin. Right? But you need to know who's behind it. The prince, the evil genius ruler of the world is coming, and Jesus said he has no claim on me. He has nothing in common with me. There is nothing in me that belongs to him. And watch this last line. And he has no power over me. So the, that evil genius, now remember we read, all, he controls the whole world. Satan deceives the whole world. He controls the whole world. Yet Jesus Christ said he has no power over me. So it's possible for you to be in this world and not of this world. Where Satan has no power over you unless you give him power over you. And I refuse to give that knucklehead power over me. He's a deceiver. He's a trickster. He's a liar. He's a murderer from the beginning. And a thief. I was about to say in John 10, 10, who comes to steal and kill and destroy. So if I give him control over me, his end goal for my life is to destroy me. And I refuse to allow the devil to destroy my life. All right? So, now, I told you this Sunday, put up first, put up first John 5, 4. First John 5 for me. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that overcome, has overcome the world, our faith. And I, what I was saying to you Sunday was that if you don't have and use your faith, this world will crush you. It's hard out here for a pimp, for a wimp, <laughs> for a player, for a hater. <laughs> it's hard out here. It's hard out here in these streets. It's hard in that world, right? Rough and tedious journey out there, is what they say. Um, so if the way we overcome it is by faith. So if you don't have, you know, and Paul said not all men have faith. So you can have no faith. Jesus talked about, oh, you have little faith. He talked about somebody, a one man of great faith. So you can go from one extreme of having no faith to another extreme of having great faith. And depending on how much faith you have and use will determine how much of the world you overcome. And you, how much you keep the world from crushing you. This world is out to, this world system is out to crush you. So we've been talking about, and what's, what's the, the, the common refrain we hear in America? Let me just bring it down from the world to America. The common refrain, refrain that we hear right now is systemic racism. Right? Yes. Let me just take a survey. How many of y'all believe that there is systemic racism? 
Okay. Yes. There is. There is systemic racism. But that systemic racism is part of that world. That wants to crush you. There is systemic oppression that's not has nothing to do with race at all. There is systemic genderism. I know that. Gen genderism, in other words, where if you're a woman, there's a glass ceiling that has existed for women. Right? And I told you on Sunday, there's a lot more things people, people discriminate on than just color of your skin. People discriminate based on your body shape and your body type and whether your facial features are attractive enough. No, I'm just, just, I'm just be, I'm being honest with you. Some of y'all apply for jobs and don't know why you didn't get it. You were more qualified than the other person. I'm just telling you that things that you don't realize going on didn't have anything to do with the fact that you have more degree than somebody else or more experience than somebody you even trained them. The job. But you didn't match the description. You understand? So there's all kind of injustices that go beyond skin color. Just, just the biggest one on everybody's mind right now is skin color. But you got to get past that. Because without faith, I'm, we put on the screen, this world system will crush you regardless of ethnicity, nationality, gender, or et cetera. This is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Now put that same verse up in the contemporary English version, 1 John 5, 4 CEV. This is one you need to commit to memory. Every child of God can defeat the world. You need to know that. Every child of God, I'm going to ask again, I asked Sunday, I'm not sure if y'all backslid but before Sunday, between Sunday and now. How many of y'all are children of God? You're still holding on? All right, so if you're a child, you never know, a lot of things happen between Sunday and Wednesday. You just, you don't know. Amen. But if you're still a child of God, then the Bible says every child of God can defeat the world or this world system. There, the, the Greek word there is cosmos. You can de defeat this cosmos, this whole world system. You can defeat it. So that means no matter how much systemic junk exists, you can defeat it. Y'all didn't say anything about that. No matter how much oppression and how much suppression is out there, you can beat it. <laughs> Some of y'all don't believe me yet. Some like, I don't know, Pastor, this is rough. Everywhere I turn, you don't know, Pastor, I've been in this world a long time. I've been here longer than you, Pastor. Everywhere I turn, the man holding me down. Every child of God. Every child of God can defeat the world. And our faith, not your education. 
Not your degree. Not your good looks. Not your sorrows and frat brothers. Your faith is what gives you the victory. So the one thing you and I need to excel in and grow in is faith. So that we do not become victims of this world system. Y'all got it? Now, uh, victim mentality. Let's talk about that. Victim mentality. I want to get right into that tonight. I gave you the definition on Sunday of victim mentality. It means it's an, it's an acquired, everybody say acquired. Acquired. You acquire is something you get. You're not born with it. It's not, it doesn't say it's, it's, an, it's an hereditary trait. It's an acquired personality trait. You have to learn to be a victim. You're not born a victim. Little babies don't know that they can't do anything. Oh, Jesus. Little, little children don't know that they can't do anything. Little children believe they can fly. You give them a shot at it. Little children believe they can be doctors and they can be, they can be firemen and presidents and astronauts. They, they believe they can be dinosaurs. I'm going to be a dinosaur. You ever heard a little child? I'm going to be a dinosaur. You got to tell them that they can't be a dinosaur. No, baby, you can't be a dinosaur. I watch Dinosaur Train. They say, that dinosaur? No. You, you gotta, see, they, they, don't, they don't believe in limits. Children, little children, they don't know anything about a glass ceiling. Little children, they don't know anything, anything about systemic anything. We have to learn it. Now what happens, the danger is, and I'm going I'm to finish the definition in a moment, so leave it up there. The danger is we, we hear about these limits and then take upon ourselves, well, it's only so far they'll let you go in this world. It's only so far they'll let a black man go in this world. Only so far they'll let a woman go in this world. Only so far they'll let a, a big person go in this world. And you don't know what you've done is you have made yourself a victim. You, you, and what happens is you throw away all your childhood dreams, all your limitless thinking, and all you start thinking, well, if I can just get me just a little piece of something, I'll be all right. Victim mentality is an acquired personality trait in which a person tends to recognize or consider themselves as a victim of the negative actions of others and to behave and to behave and to behave as if this were or is always the case even in the face, I'm throwing in the word even, in the face of contrary evidence of such circumstances. So that means a person with a victim mentality, even when nobody's trying to hold them back, they act as if everybody's trying to hold them back. Nobody even think about them. <laughs> Nobody's even talking about them. It happens in church. People get over in this stuff and stop coming to church because they, you know, they're talking about me. No, nobody even knows how, even, how people talk about. They don't even know. That's your secret sin, your presumptuous sin. You and Jesus. 
Got to deal with it. Nobody knows. He didn't tell on you. <laughs> the Lord didn't. Nobody even asked. Tell your neighbor, the Lord did not tell on you. But what happens is this mentality gets into you thinking, well, they talking about me, and you know everybody going to know all my business, and so I can't go. So this, you start behaving as if. This is where the case in the face of contrary evidence of such circumstances. So people begin to say, make statements like, I can't do this or I can't do that because, you know, the man. How many of y'all ever heard of the man? Have y'all, y'all met the man? <laughs> now, I've, I've run into men, but I don't know who exactly the man is. I've run, I've run into some of, some of his men, some of his women, but the man, I, I haven't met him yet. <laughs> Glory to God. The system. Or things, you know, we begin to, to bring up, you know, our own issues like, you know, my, my, I wasn't raised by my father or my mother wasn't around. And so, again, these things that we, we put on ourselves as limiters, limiters, and what we do is we build in excuses. We build in. We have automated excuses. Now how come? Well, because you know, car carrying excuse, you know? Glory to God. I told you this on Sunday. I want you to hear this again before we go forward. A victim mentality slams the door shut on your personal prison. A victim mentality slams the door shut on your personal prison. Which means that when you develop that mentality, you'll lock your own self in. Even when God has already opened the door for you to move forward. You got it? So a victim mentality slams the door shut on your personal prison. All right. Uh, let's get right into these. I was going, y'all remember I talked last week about uh, uh, Esau. In Genesis 27, 40, Esau, his father told him, when you become restless, you'll break your brother's yoke off your neck, right? When you have the dominion. And I talked to you about when you get a dominion image, when you get the, the proper image inside yourself, when you begin to understand who you are in yourself, then nothing can dominate you any longer. It's important that you know who you are. Which means, and we were talking about this in prayer this morning, you have to live, listen, this is very important, you have to begin to live from the inside out as opposed from the outside in. See, your outside has all sorts of characteristics that then get categorized in society. Did y'all understand that? Your outside, the color of your skin, your gender, your height, your build, there's all these different things. Your 
your education level, uh, what title is in front of your name, what letters are after your name. Y'all act like y'all don't know what I'm talking about. These are all outside characteristics that will cause you to be categorized in our society. For example, for example, one of the things that, that, that we're taught that is that if you don't have a high school diploma, you can only make this much money over the course of your life. If you do have a high school diploma, you move into this category of potential income. If you have a college or an associate's degree, you move into this level of income potential. If you have a, a, a bachelor's degree, if you have a doctor degree, they, they, they'll, they'll point out here's what level of income that you're expected to, to achieve if you have this outside characteristic. Now, I'm not discouraging education. But a lack of a degree or even a lack of a high school diploma is not a limiter for what God can do for a child of God. Because you can be a person with a third grade education and begin to work the principles of faith. Y'all ain't saying much to me. I mean, what, 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 was, what was Abraham's degree in? Let me see, what was Abraham get his degree in? Oh, he didn't, he didn't have a degree? And yet Genesis 13, 2 says Abraham became extremely rich. What did Isaac get his degree in? Yet your Bible says in Genesis 26, 12, that he began to, he sold and he began to prosper and became very prosperous. You understand? So, so these, again, I'm not discouraging education. Y'all, please understand it. But I'm talking about these, these natural limitations that we put on ourselves that you got to shake. Hallelujah. All right. Now, I begin to give you Sunday seven common symptoms uh, so you can tell whether you have a victim mentality or not. Y'all brave through the first four on Sunday, and you get the last three tonight. Number one, how many of y'all remember what number one was? That's a common symptom. You enjoy, tell everybody all that you've been through. And what I told you, when you're doing that, you're establishing reasons that other people should cut you some slack. You're, you're, what you're doing is inadvertently, subconsciously, maybe even intentionally, is giving people a reason why they should cut you a break. Because you know, I had a rough childhood. Now, I'm not, I'm not belittling a rough childhood. I'm not, I'm not belittling any of the experiences that you all have had. What I'm saying is, when you enjoy sharing those tragic stories, you, you, get, you get this satisfaction. You wear this badge. It's like people who enjoy telling people about their sickness that they have. Well, you know, you know about, about my arthritis. Me and my arthritis, she come along. You know, arthritis get a little name, Bertha. You know, when Bertha show up, you know. Y'all act like y'all know, you know what I'm talking about. 
When you enjoy that, you begin to become one with that. You become one with that story. You become one so much so that that it becomes your identification. Like you become the woman with the issue of blood. You become blind Bartimaeus. Not Bartimaeus who's dealing with a vision issue. You become blind Bartimaeus. Y'all ain't saying anything. You become the woman with this your blood. Who is that? Oh, that's the woman with this your blood. Oh, who are you? Nice to meet you. Oh, I'm, I'm the woman with this your blood. And you begin to identify with your story as opposed to identifying with God's word over your life. When you do that, you are in the throes of a victim mentality. And by doing so, you're asking people to cut you some slack. Number two, you constantly blame other people, situations for how you feel. Now this, I'm not asking you to judge anybody else tonight. Y'all looking around other people. I know somebody like that. No, 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 no. I'm asking you to do a self-evaluation tonight. When you do that, when you blame other people, what you're saying is I don't have any control over my own emotions. I don't have any control over my own emotions. And when you don't have control over your own emotions, you are in trouble. The Bible says when a man can't control his emotions, he's like a city without walls. Y'all read it in Proverbs every month, right? When you can't control your emotions, you're a, like a city without walls. What does that mean? The picture of that, a city without walls is defenseless from the attack of an enemy. So when the devil knows he can get your goat, when he knows he can push your buttons, and you're going to go off on somebody, he's going to always push your buttons to get you to go off on somebody. Because the moment you start going off on somebody, you lose rational thinking. Y'all didn't hear what I said. When you're going off, you're not thinking rationally. You'll start talking about somebody, mama, that you love. Because you're, you're no longer thinking rationally. And you're certainly not being led by the Spirit. Your soul is running the whole show. Y'all ain't saying anything, boy. If you, if you can't say amen, it might be you. And if you know it's you, you ought to say amen. Praise the Lord. That's me, Jesus. Help me, Lord. Number three I gave you was what? It's me against the world. Me against the world. Nobody knows the trouble I see. It's me against the world. I ain't got nobody. <laughs> nobody helping me. And I told you that Sunday, right? God will send somebody. He'll always send somebody to help you. You are never alone. But when you have an everyone is against me philosophy, the results will be that you either do nothing or you overdo everything. You'll do nothing 
because everybody's against me, so I'm not going to have any help, and nobody's going nobody's to buy my product. Nobody's going to call my company. Nobody's going to, you know, come to my shop. Nobody's going to buy my book. Nobody's going to buy my, you know, whatever. Everybody's against me. Or you overdo everything, trying to prove that you're something. You do, you ever hear, people just do too much. You ever seen anybody that just do too much? Look, you're doing too much. You're doing too much. Turn it down a thousand, right? All right. Number four I gave you, this is the one y'all begged for Sunday. I was, I was trying to go eat, and y'all begged for number four. Number four was, you feel powerless to change your circumstances. You feel powerless. You, f- you feel, it didn't say you are, it says you feel powerless. Now let me ask this question, in just all honesty, on a Wednesday night. How many of y'all ever felt that way before? Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I felt that way before. I felt, I didn't say I was, this, I felt that way. <laughs> just three days ago. Just being honest. But feeling powerless doesn't mean you are powerless. It's just how you're feeling right now. And that's the trick of the enemy. The enemy is going to always work on your feelings. That's where he works. Satan is a soul creature. Did you catch what I said? He's a soul creature. He, only, he can only bother with your soul. He doesn't have access to your spirit. Your, your born-again spirit is secured by God. But the devil can bother with your soul all day long if you allow him. If you allow him. So he's going to do everything he can to make you feel powerless. Remember what we already read tonight, 1 John 5, 4, in the CEV says, every child of God can defeat the world. So I'm not powerless. Say it, I'm not powerless. powerless. Say it again, I'm not powerless. powerless. I can defeat the world world. through faith. faith. Okay? All right, now let's move on tonight. Some ones that you all hadn't seen before. Okay. So, number five is this. You're always cynical or pessimistic. (laughs) Some of y'all who know what cynical means, you're like, oh yeah, I know people like that, or sometimes I'm like that. My wife tells me I'm cynical, or my husband tells me I'm cynical. (laughs) People on the job tell me I'm cynical. Flip. You're always cynical pessimistic. You want to put a dictionary out? Okay, the word cynical, here's what it means, just for all the, I, I figured that. I was prepared to help you. Cynical means distrustful of human sincerity or integrity. You're distrustful of other people's sincerity or integrity. That means when somebody comes to you telling you something, child, what you? You side-eye everybody. 
you, and not just an individual, but as a cynical person, when you become a cynical person, you, you can be cynical at times. I'm, I'm cynical at times. But a cynical person who has this mindset, this, 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 this um, uh, victim mentality, you become a cynical person all the time. You don't believe anybody, anything. I don't trust anybody. People come out and say something good. I don't believe that. Well, what you want? Now, if somebody calls on your phone and say, hey, congratulations, we want to let you know you have won a trip to Tahiti. And I'm like, you know, okay, all we need is your social security number and your birth date. All we need is that. I understand being distrustful about that. You better say no. You get a call, hello, your iPhone has been hacked. <laughs> Wait a minute, I don't even have an iPhone. What are you talking about? <laughs> I was getting those calls. Someone has accessed your Apple ID and they are downloading pornography on your phone. I don't even have a phone from the iPhone. What are you talking about? <laughs> when you hear that, be distrustful. You understand? Don't, don't trust that. But I'm talking about when you become a cynical person, you side-eye everybody. Huh? What's my apology statement? Oh, I'm not trying to offend anybody. I'm just, that's, that's how the person sound when they call. Oh, no, I'm, I'm not trying to, in this kind, I'm not trying to pick on anybody's nationality, ethnicity. Trust me. I apologize. I apologize. You're right. What? Did I make it worse? No, no. <laughs> Y'all are so cynical. I'm, I'm, I'm being sincere and y'all don't trust me. That's, see, y'all must have victim mentality. See, they all talking about us all the time. See? Everybody say cynical. cynical. So it means distrustful of human sincerity or integrity. The other, one, the other word we gave was pessimistic. Now, pessimistic is the opposite of optimistic. When you're optimistic, you see good all the time. You expect good. Everything is, huh? Every, everything is, Oh, yeah, when you're pessimistic, you're gloomy. Here's the definition of pessimistic. Tending to see the worst aspect of things or believe that the worst will happen. You ever met anybody like that? Well, it's a good day. Well, so far. What's good about it? Wasn't that, a, wasn't that a, a great dinner we just had yesterday? Well, the, the, the meatballs, I still feel a little something on the meatballs. <laughs> right? So you tend to see the worst aspect of things. In other words, you can look at roses and see thorns. And miss the rose. You skip all over the beauty. Right. 
Women are good at this. You know I'm gonna mess with the women. Oh man, she dressed. She dressed nice, didn't she? Tell you saw them shoes. Why she gonna put turquoise with purple? I don't know. You know, I was just okay. Well, praise God. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It's dress nice. Praise the Lord. I just thought it was nice. Okay. Now, the problem is when you're always cynical or you're always pessimistic, it feeds into hopelessness. And when it feeds into hopelessness, it'll kill off effort. When you're pessimistic, it feeds your hopelessness and it'll kill your effort. I mean, if it's going to turn out bad anyway, why try? You see it? You see what I'm saying? Why go have the conversation? Well, because, you know, it's, it's, it's going to, she ain't going to want to hear me. He ain't going to hear what I'm saying. Well, you don't know. You don't know. But you're pessimistic. So you don't even try. The same thing happens when, when you, God, God is telling you start a business. But you're pessimistic. Now, that, pessim that pessimism was there before God gave you the word about starting a business. The pessimism was there when you were going to uh, buy a car. Well, they're they, they, they going to rip me off. You know they're going to rip me off. I just know that that's how they're going to do you. They're going to see me coming. They're going to they gonna see, see a black man coming, or they're going to see a woman coming. You know they're going to rip you off. Going to the mechanic. You know that they're going to just rip you off. What happens when you're cynical and pessimistic, you begin to overgeneralize people, industries, circumstances. Put up Psalm 116 and verse 10 and 11. I believed... Therefore, I spoke. How many of y'all ever heard that? Now, in, in, in uh, 2 Corinthians, the Bible calls that the spirit of faith. The spirit of faith. Take it off the screen because I want y'all to look at me. It, takes, it says the spirit of faith. I believe and therefore speak. That's the spirit of faith. How when you speak things out of your mouth, how you release things and it produces results in your life. The Bible calls it the spirit of faith. So because life and death and the power of your tongue, what you release from your heart. Remember Jesus said when you speak and you don't doubt in your heart, but believe that you have what you say, you shall have what you say. So your, your heart, when you speak from your heart in faith, what you really believe, when you speak what you really believe, you're going to call it to yourself. Now, put the scripture back on the screen for me, please. I believed, therefore I spoke. That's the spirit of faith. I am greatly afflicted. So notice what this person is speaking out of their heart. I am greatly afflicted. 
Nobody knows the trouble I see. The whole world's against me. Everywhere I turn, things falling apart. Ain't nobody going to help me. Now watch what he says in verse 11. I said in my haste, all men are liars. Remember now, I'm speaking from my heart. I believe it, so I speak it. I am greatly afflicted. I said in my haste, what does it mean in my haste? I said before I really had time to see how it happened. I, I pre-spoke and I misspoke. And what I said was all men are liars. That's cynical and pessimistic. So what's got him afflicted is his mouth. Because the truth of it is all men aren't liars. <laughs> That's like some of y'all saying all men are dogs. That might be why you're still single. I'm going to come over here on this side of the pole. That might be why you still ain't got nobody. Because you are pessimistic and cynical because you have a victim mentality because of what has happened in your past. Maybe I better come back on this side. So because you have experienced trauma, you now have post-traumatic stress syndrome in relationships, and now you're, 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 you're too afraid to open your heart to someone else because you have said in your haste, all men are liars. All men are dogs. And you're going to miss Mr. Right because you're still traumatized by Mr. Wrong. So then you assume, I'm going to get off the ladies now. So you assume all white people are this way. Or white people assume all black people. Or you assume all law enforcement officers. Or you assume all politicians. Or all teachers. Or all supervisors. All mortgage lenders or all bankers or all car salesmen. And miss out, God could be directing you, directing you to a spirit-filled, spirit-led car salesman. Or he could be directing you to a heathen car salesman who he going to put you in his heart. But because you are cynical and pessimistic, you're going to miss out on God's instruction. Because you believe it, you speak it, you're greatly afflicted, and you said all blank are blank. 
Oh Lord. Oh Lord. Well. I've been wondering why it's so hard to get along. Maybe it's your nasty confession. Maybe it's your bad mindset. Maybe it's your victim mentality. Because if you assume Okay, here, here's the word, here's the word, here's the word for all, all, all of us, all of us. When you say all men are, you have now prejudged. That's what prejudice is. I ain't prejudiced. You said all men are dogs. You prejudiced. Finally, not again. You can't say make America great again because it hadn't been great for everybody. It can become great if we get on one accord. It can become great. I believe it will become great. Now what we can do again is make oxtails cheap again. Let's do that. Let's make... Let's make Make oxtails cheap again, Lord. Twenty twenty, make chicken wings cheap again, Lord, in Jesus' name. Oxtails, you can eat oxtails almost any night of the week now. Now, now oxtails got that gotta be a special meal. <laughs> That's what I'm running on. 2024, mocha, not MAGA, mocha. Make oxtails cheap again. Mocha. <laughs> Praise the Lord. All right, so you understand this. You and I cannot afford to be prejudiced. We cannot afford to make sweeping judgments of people. And listen to me, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. No matter what we see out here. And we're seeing a lot. We're seeing a lot. But don't make sweeping judgments. Because it'll make you cynical and pessimistic. And you'll miss God's setups. God has setups for every one of us. Y'all got it? <clears throat> Don't put it on the screen. Don't put it on the screen, media. What was number one? Very good, Lamika. 
Number two. Tell your neighbor, stop doing that. Number three. Tell your neighbor, that's not true. Number four. All right, number five again. Okay. So when you're like that, it'll kill your drive. It'll kill effort. Why even try? All right, number six. <clears throat> number six. Wow, it's late. Number six. You constantly put yourself down. You constantly put yourself down. This is what a victim mentality will produce in you. You constantly put yourself down. I'm not talking about you putting other people down and cracking on others. A lot of times, you know, you know when, when, when people put others down, you know a, a real reason why people put other people down? It's because they don't feel any, anything important about themselves. So to compensate for my low self-esteem or my low self-worth, I got to crack on somebody else because I'm trying to deflect attention off the negative things that I feel about myself. So I want to point out the negative things that are about you. I'm going to get you before you get me. So be careful when you find yourself putting other people down. Because the question about that is what are you, what's really going on inside you? that you feel the need to put other people down. Now I understand, I understand something we, we grew up called cracking. Cracking, C-R-A-C-K-I-N-G, or actually C-R-A-C-K-I-N apostrophe. Cracking. I grew up cracking. Your mama's so ugly. Your mama's so fat. You know, your mama's so short. You know what I'm saying, your mama jokes, your breath so stink. You understand? We, we grew up cracking. Your, you know, your breath, you know, all that kind of stuff. But I'm talking about not, not in fun and jest, but when you find yourself always having to belittle other people, something's wrong inside of you. But even worse than that is when you constantly put yourself down. Because when you constantly put yourself down, you are belittling a person made in the image of God. And when you do that, you're developing what the Bible would describe to us as a grasshopper mentality. Put up Numbers, the book of Numbers 13, verse 33. The children of Israel were getting ready to go into, Egypt, into, into the promised land, had been out of Egypt in the wilderness. They're getting ready to go into the promised land. And God tells Moses, send out 12 spies, go spy the land out. And 10 of the spies come back, and, uh, and they gave this evil report. Here's what they said. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak, came from the giants. Okay? It says, now here's what they said. Now remember now, they never talked to the giants. It says, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. Yes. 
Now, they never communicated with the giants. They never interacted with the giants. Yet they said we were in the giant sight like grasshoppers. Why? Because in their own sight, they were like grasshoppers. And therefore, they projected their insufficiency, their inadequacy onto the giants. So they naturally assumed that the giants saw them the way they saw themselves. So be careful when you find yourself putting yourself down. I heard it said it's a, it's a sad frog that won't praise his own pond. In other words, it's got to be something good you can find. But normally you don't, you don't vocalize this to everybody else. It's, it's you internally talking to yourself. I'm not good enough. I'm not cute enough. Now, some of y'all don't have that problem. Some of y'all think you're too cute. But <laughs> most people, I'm not cute enough. <laughs> I mean, the amount of selfish people take, <laughs> you think you're really too cute. <laughs> really not? No. I'm not saying that Chris said that. But when you begin to find, when you begin to identify all your faults, when you become your own fault finder, you're suffering from a victim mentality. You know, the Bible says when you, if any man lack wisdom, James chapter 1, verse 5, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask God who gives liberally and upbraids not, or New King James says without fault finding. It means when you go to God, he doesn't find your faults. But you, know, but you know why people don't go to God? Because they've already found their own faults. They've already identified their own faults. I can't go to God because this, I got this problem and I got that problem and I didn't pray, you know, two hours yesterday and I, I missed church the last two weeks and all, you start finding all your little faults and, you know, I was thinking this, you know, I had this kind of crazy thought, whatever. All those faults you keep finding about yourself and it prevents your real fellowship and communion with God. And yet God is saying, when you come to me, I don't find any faults. But when you have victim mentality, you pick out your own faults. You'll look at your nose, boy, my nose is too big, and that, then I got to go get surgery. My eyes, you know, I got the big bags under my eyes. I got to get some cream, you know. Well, that's all right, you know, if you want to I'm talking about people, but people do a lot of plastic surgery, a lot, a lot of, paying for a lot of cosmetic surgery. You know, I understand, you can put a little preparation ace under there, you know. Some of y'all don't even know about it. Preparation ace, Pastor, ain't that for something else? Yes. But it works on that. That's what it does. It does what it does down there. It does the same thing up here. You just learned something tonight, didn't you? You just learned something good tonight. That was worth your coming tonight. You can't put yourself down, ladies and gentlemen. When you do, you, listen, listen, watch this. You will stop the hand of God. 
Give me Deuteronomy chapter 7, 7 verse 17. Deuteronomy 7 verse 17. Here's the voice of God speaking to the children of Israel. If you should say in your heart, these nations are greater than I, how can I dispossess them? So God says, when you keep saying what you are not, what you don't have, what you can't do, God says, then how can I help you? So what God is saying is, I need you to agree with me. Stop agreeing with you. Start agreeing with me with what I said about you. Start agreeing with me with what I wrote in my word about you. Start agreeing with me with the things I spoke directly to you. You are a child of God. You are a king and a priest. You are wonderfully and fearfully made in the image of God. It's not about how kinky or how straight your hair is, how wide or how thin your nose is, how dark or how light your skin is. It's not about that. It's not about whether you got the greatest degree from the finest of schools or whether you dropped out in the fourth grade. Find out what I said about you and speak what I said about you and stop telling me about how the system is. Y'all missed that. God says stop telling me about this system. I know about the system. But if you keep saying that, how can I get you over the system if you keep telling me how big the system is? When those guys came back and, t- and reported how big the giants were, God's like, duh, I told you it's going to be giants. I told you that. But I told you I'm giving you their land. I didn't tell you you got to fight them. I just told you just go see and check it out. So what we're going to do is, what we're going to do is exceeding grace is stop, stop complaining about the system. And get up on our ponies and start riding. Get on your faith horse and ride out. Give me Acts 10, 34, 35 real quick. Acts 10, 34, 35. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, In truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality, or he's no respect of persons. But in every nation, but in every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted By him. Got it? Whoever works righteousness. Give me Romans 10, 11 through 13. Romans 10, 11 through 13. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Y'all got it? So that means don't put, keep putting yourself down and putting yourself under. That's, you remember I preached this to you back, um, this was Black History Month probably two years ago, 2018 I think it was. I preached to you not, about not considering yourself underprivileged. Stop calling yourself less fortunate. Stop calling yourself disenfranchised. Some of y'all might have got mad, but you can't call yourself that. Well, we are. They are. You are not. Every child of God can defeat the world. 
And I understand that people are disenfranchised. I understand people are under, underprivileged. I understand people have these things, these issues. But once you become part of the body of Christ, there's nothing on this planet that can hold you back. So you can't call yourself disenfranchised. Disenfranchised, what it literally means is you have no access to the, to the systems. You have no access to the come up in the system. Well, hey, you've got access to the kingdom. And Psalm 103.19 says his kingdom rules over all. So you may be disenfranchised by this world, but you are enfranchised in the kingdom of God. You got it? All right. Let's do this last one. What was number six? What was number three? I got you. I got you. I'll just try to mess with you. I'll mess with you. I'll mess with you. Okay. All right. Here it is. <laughs> okay. Number seven. Number seven. Here's a big doozy. All those other ones were easy. This is a big doozy. You make excuses for failure in action or incompletion. This is a common symptom of a victim mentality. You make excuses for failure in action or incompletion. I failed. Well, you know, it was because You didn't do anything? No, I didn't do anything because, you know, shoot. I had something come up. Incompletion. You never finished. These are what we call classic underachievers. Classic underachievers. Everybody say underachiever. Now, what, what's, what's an underachiever versus an overachiever? Now, a person who we call an overachiever is a person who we can look at their natural skills, their natural abilities, their natural talents, their natural attributes, and see, wow, they really did a whole lot. They did a lot more than society expected them to do with what they had. Whereas an underachiever, this person who they look at someone and say, how could, how could you fail? How could you not come up with anything? And you had all opportunities in the world. And what we're dealing with, hold on to your britches, in our society are classic underachievers. Y'all hear me? Y'all hear me online? Classic, it's crickets online. It's crickets in here. Classic underachievers. Who make excuses? Why didn't you get an A? That's what they say. Teacher didn't like me. Or, or the teacher forgot to grade my work. She forgot to enter my grade in. Now, what you don't understand is, child, is your teacher is being graded. Your teacher can't afford 
to not grade your work, to not get everything in, because that teacher is being evaluated. So your excuse is full of flaws. And what you are, I'm not talking to you, so don't get mad at me. I'm talking to somebody online, I'm sure. What you are is an underachiever. Why didn't you finish? Why didn't, why didn't wake up? Wake up, everybody. I need every child awake. What you are is an underachiever. And you keep making excuses as to why you didn't finish the work, why you didn't finish the assignment, why you didn't finish the test. And for the adults who are going to work, you're going to keep making excuses for why you didn't take the training, why you didn't get the promotion. Well, it's because of the man. No, 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 no. No, it's failure, inaction, incompletion. Why you got evicted? Because of the system. No, it's because you didn't pay your rent. It's not rocket science, it's because you didn't pay your rent. It's for you to pay rent. Well, you didn't understand what bills I had. No, what I didn't understand is why you ate so many crabs before you paid your rent. See, so what you've done is now made excuses Well, you understand, Pastor, I, I, ha I just, I crave crabs, I just had to have crabs. I just, I just had to have crabs. <laughs> Yesterday too? Yesterday too. And the day before? The day before. <laughs> and what happens is we end up with failure in action. I, I used to, listen, I'm going to tell you the truth. I used to tell guys, guys used to get mad when they, they get arrested uh, for not paying child support. Well, what, what happened? Well, man, they, people wanted $400 a month. Well, how come you didn't pay? I ain't have $400. Well, how much did you have? I only had $100. Why didn't you send them that? See, you, you, were, you had inaction. Send them what you have. Because if you start there, usually they'll work with you when they see you're doing something. But when you do nothing, now they gotta come get you. Y'all ain't, ain't liking this, y'all ain't loving this part here. Go back to the children. See, with the victim mentality, we begin to make this excuse for ourselves, well, it's the system. There's problem in the school system. Yes, there are. There are many problems with our school systems. Many problems with our school systems. But there were many problems with our school systems in the 70s. And the 60s. I'm talking about those who were trying to go to school in the 50s. 50s and 60s and 70s when integration was first beginning. 
You want to talk about problems? You had to be brave just to go to school. And yet your parents made it out just fine. Got a diploma. Went, to, went off to school. Everybody went to Cookman or FAMU. Cookman. Back when it was BCC. Well, they, they call themselves BCU now. Oh, I forgot I got one of the Wildcats over there, praise the Lord. I think there's a Wildcat back there too, right? Yeah, I see a Wildcat, another Wildcat back there. So underachievers. Listen to this. Give me Proverbs 26. Let's, let's close this out. I'm over time. Proverbs 26, verse 13 through 16 says this. The lazy man says... The man, the system, is out there. The lazy man says. You know, we used to have this saying when I was growing up, they probably got rid of it, where there's a will. Oh, y'all remember that? Where there's a will. That means if you really wanted to do something, there's a way to do it. And people who had that kind of mindset didn't let anything stop them. That if I got blocked this way, I go this way. If I got blocked this way, I come under this way. If I got blocked this way, I'm going to go over this way. I wasn't going to stop until I reached my goal, until I achieved what the success that I was looking for. Where there's a will, there's a way. Do you understand? I couldn't finish my work because I couldn't get online. I couldn't get online. Okay. You, you didn't bother enough about your homework to go to say, can I go to my neighbor's house? Let, let me just sit on their porch. I'll sit on their porch on their Wi-Fi. I'm going to do something. I'm not just going to go back to school and say I couldn't finish because I ain't got no Wi-Fi. Can I borrow somebody's hotspot off their phone? Can I do something? Because I really want to finish this. I want to achieve. I'm not going to keep making excuses and letting myself off the hook and expect people to have sympathy for me because I'm sorry. Woo, I didn't mean for that to come out like that. <laughs> wow. Wow, I didn't mean for it to come out like that. Y'all forgive me. <laughs> Erase that. As a... The lazy man says there's a lion in the road, a fierce lion is in the streets. As a door turns on his hinges, so does a lazy man on his bed. The lazy man buries his hand in the bowl. It wearies him to bring it back to his mouth. Here's, watch this. The lazy man got more excuses because he's wiser in his eyes than seven men, keep going, who can answer sensibly. So you know a lazy person who's going to keep making excuses. Everybody else going to come and say, well, have you thought about doing this? And why don't you, why don't you try this side? Why don't you try this? Oh, no, that ain't going to work. Right? No, no, no. That's a lazy person who they're going to keep giving themselves an out as to why I can't achieve something. And when it's like that, ladies and gentlemen, it's not the system, it's you. Proverbs 6, verse 11 in the Passion Translation. And I'll quit. You can... You can you can read Joshua for yourself. 
Proverbs 6, verse 11, the Passion Translation. Listen to this. By making excuses, you'll learn what it means to go without. Sure, that's good, ain't it? By making excuses, you'll learn what it means to go without. See, sometimes our children, they, they enjoy a false reality. Isn't that right? Our children enjoy the false reality of you paying all the bills. You're bringing all the food home. They can just go in the refrigerator and get what they, what they want out of the refrigerator. But there's going to come a day when they can't go in your refrigerator no more. Now they got their own refrigerator and they got to pay their own bills. And when they have excuses, they're going to learn what it means to go without. No, you can't come to my house and wash your clothes. No, you have to figure it out on your own. Mama, you cook? No, me and, me, me and your dad are going out to eat. No, no, baby, no, baby, mom and daddy, we already going to eat. We already home in bed. <laughs> to God, child, we already done. We ain't nothing on the stove. No, nothing, no, you just got to fast tonight, baby, just fast tonight. Fast and pray and seek Jesus. Because if you make excuses, you're going to learn. You will learn, children, young people. You're going to learn what it means to go without. When you got to buy your own sneakers, you're going to learn what it means to go without. Poverty will pounce on you like a bandit and then move in. Oh, my God. <laughs> Poverty say, I'm moving in as your roommate for life. Every time you come home, they go, Poverty, how you doing? what we going to eat. <laughs> no, that's just, that's just pretty plain to me. Poverty is going to move in, in your, as your roommate for life. Why? Making excuses. Now, I'm not, I'm, listen, I'm not implying all people who are poor have made excuses. There are some people who are poor, they, they've had some terrible things happen to them in their lives. I'm not, so I'm not making that a general statement. But I'm talking about when you make excuses, poverty is going to be your only option. You're going to learn what it means to go without. So you won't be able to say it was, it's the system. It's systemic nothing. What it is is systematic laziness. You were lazy in high school. You got your first job at Wendy's. And you was always late to Wendy's. And they had to keep telling you clean, don't lean. Some of you know what I'm talking about. And that's what we learned. Anybody ever work fast food? I work fast food. They tell us clean, don't lean. I didn't know what it meant to clean on lean. I was trying to lean, baby. I was leaning. I'm leaning. I'm taking a break. In between breaks, I was eating. (laughs) 
Y'all understand? I, I, worked, I was working at McDonald's when chicken nuggets first came out. And I was a greedy something, boy, in high school. I used to have chicken nuggets in my pocket. Chicken nuggets are addictive now, aren't they? They're putting sugar in it or something. It's like, you get addicted to chicken nuggets. Hey, I was a high school kid. Shoot. So we don't want this happening. Number one. Y'all come back. Come on, I'm trying to close out. Y'all sound like a cackling hen. Let's do it again. Number one together, go. You enjoy sharing your tragic stories with others. Number two. You constantly blame other people for situations behind you Number three. You possess That's not true, is it? No. Okay. Number four. You feel powerless to change your circumstances. That's not true either. No. I have power. There's power working on the inside of me. Number five. You are always cynical or pessimistic. Okay, so be careful what you say. Don't, don't generalize populations of people. Don't generalize industries. Don't generalize anything. Remember uh, Elijah thought, God, I'm the only one who hadn't bowed their knee to Baal. And God said, man, please. I still got 700 over here ain't about to nail, the, the need the bell. You understand? So in other words, it's not the way you think it is. Where I left, leave off, number five? Okay, Do, num, number six. Tell your neighbor, stop doing that. Tell them you are smart, use important, use good looking. You was kind. <laughs> hey, you're a child of God. And every child of God can defeat the world. Isn't it wonderful that children of God come in all colors and shapes and sizes? And lastly, number seven. I will not do that anymore. I'm not going to have poverty moving in on me. Because you know poverty ain't going to pay no rent. You can't have poverty. You're not going to be my roommate ain't paying no rent to run my light bill up. Ain't going to pay no light bill, no water bill. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Okay, put, put this last scripture on the screen for me, please. Well, our main scriptures. I'm, I'm going to go into something else on Sunday. So let me finish this. Joshua 1, verse 5. Joshua 1, verse 5. Watch what it says here. Here's what God tells Joshua, who's taking over for Moses. And God's going to give us some instruction here. 
he tells Joshua, no man, now when you see that word man, don't limit it to some man, to a person. I just want verse 5. Just, just verse 5, please. Just verse 5. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Now, how many of you have a, a New King James Bible? Now, do you see in the verse 5 the words be able to are italicized? Okay, now let's take those words out because those words were added. Let's look at this. It says, no man shall stand before you. Now, the reason they had to add be able to is because men are going to stand before you. They're going to come and oppose you. You are going to face opposition. That's why the Bible calls it the fight of faith. You understand? The devil's not just going to roll over and lay down. You're going to have opposition. But it said, no man, they had to add for our clarity, shall be able to stand before you. So they're going to come, but they won't be able to. So that man represents systems, limits, ceilings, all opposition in general, and it said none of it can stand before you all the days of your life. Joshua could have had a victim's mentality. Well, how? Well, remember back in the book of Numbers, Joshua was among the two spies, along with Caleb, who the people were going to stone them to death. They were in the minority. Joshua was a minority. Y'all missed that. Joshua was a minority. That's better than y'all letting on. Joshua was a minority. Right? Twelve spies went, Elder Jeff. Ten of them came back, the majority, with an evil report. Two came back, the minority, with a good report. And the one, the minority was going to be stoned. He could have said, bump all y'all, ain't going to help y'all, ain't going to do nothing. God said, no, 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 no. No man going to be able to stand before you. Even though you're in the minority, you have minority point of view. Listen, if you walk by faith, you're a minority. If you believe in the Holy Ghost, you're a minority. I don't care what color your skin is. You are a minority because not all men have faith. So he said, but don't worry about it. He said, here's how you're going to do this. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. That's why, even though they will try to stand against you, they'll be unsuccessful because I will be with you. New Testament says, if God be for you, who can be against you? So you and I, I just want to close the night just by making sure you understand that no man, no system, no thing Satan sets up in this evil world can keep you from all God has for you, from doing what God has called you to do, from becoming all God has called you to, you, you to become. 
In the scripture, we know Isaiah 54, verse 17. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. That means the weapon will be formed, it just won't prosper. So they can have all kinds of systems. Now let me go back to what I said to you on Sunday. 99.5% of the people who experienced coronavirus did not become casualties. They've experienced it. 99.5% of the people who've experienced it did not die. So no matter what you experience in this, on this planet that's an adverse situation, you don't have to become a casualty. You don't have to allow it, even, even secondhand stuff. Because there's some things that you, you might be mad about. It didn't actually happen to you. It happened to somebody else. We have a lot of that. But be careful not to allow it to consume you and you develop a victim mentality which will then trap you in your own prison. This is what happened. People, other people will move on, be successful and achieve. And you'll be still there talking about, man, the man, the man. No, you, man. It's you, man. Y'all got it? Amen. Amen. That's good right there. All right, let's quit. Do y'all receive that tonight? Yes. Go ahead and give the Lord a hand if you receive that word tonight. Hallelujah. Come on, give God a praise for that word tonight. I was going to take time to go through and talk about Jephthah. Read the story of Jephthah in Judges chapter 11. The Bible said Jephthah was a mighty man of valor, but he was a son of a harlot. That's, that's how the Bible starts out, Judges chapter 11, verse 1. He was a mighty man of valor, but he was the son of a, a, a harlot. <laughs> he could have been a victim. In fact, because he was the son of a harlot, his brothers disowned him. His brothers wouldn't deal with him. His brothers put him out the house until a time came when they got in trouble and they needed him. If he had had a victim mentality, he would not be, have been able to be used by God to deliver a people. The Bible speaks in 1 Chronicles 4, verse 9 and 10, about a man named Jabez. The Bible says Jabez was more honorable than all his brethren. The Bible says his mother named him Jabez. She bore him in pain. He's carrying around this label, this badge, this disgraceful badge. He could have let that victimize him in his mind. But he cried out to God, Lord, bless me indeed. Enlarge my territory. Let your hand be upon me. Keep, it from, keep me from evil. But I'll cause and experience no pain. And God honored his request. He became a mighty man of God because he didn't allow what he had experienced become his lifelong mentality. How many of y'all have been through something? Come on, tell the truth. I mean, been through some stuff, some real stuff. And you've overcome. You know how you overcame? 
the Lord Jesus Christ brought you out of it, brought you through it. And as I heard one singer say it, if he did it before, he can do it again. So he'll always bring you out. He'll always bring you through. Don't let victim mentality trap you. Excuses are nails in the coffin of failure. Don't make excuses anymore about anything. Amen? Praise the Lord. Lord God, tonight, we're so thankful for the overcoming power of faith, the sweetness of the Holy Ghost, whereby we can overcome all the power of the enemy. You said in your word in Luke 10, 19, you give us power over all power of the enemy. And nothing, no thing shall by any means harm us. Father, we're asking you to help us to readjust our sight. To not look on this world and all the ills of this world as if they somehow can hold us back. As if somehow Satan all of a sudden has the power to stop us. God, he didn't have that power 10 years ago, 30 years ago. For the last 2,000 plus years, he's been a defeated foe. Think that in Christ, we are more than conquerors through you that loved us. I'm praying for each and every one of these, your precious people gathered tonight, those are watching online, that Lord, everyone will grow in faith, that faith that allows us to overcome the world and really take to heart what we read in 1 John 5 that says every child of God can defeat the world. So thank you that we are world overcomers. We'll never be under anything. By faith, we can subdue kingdoms. We can stop the mouths of lions. We can obtain promises. We can work, work righteousness. By faith. By faith, we can obtain good testimonies, good reports. So thank you that God, our faith is being built up even the more. And I pray that these, your precious people, will begin to experience even more so victory after victory after victory, grace upon grace upon grace, blessing upon blessing upon blessing. That our lives will be lights in this dark world. That people who might identify with something about us, male or female, black or white or or educated or uneducated or whatever people may identify, that they will see those who are children of God achieve in spite of. That no limitation that's been placed on us by man becomes our ceiling. But that God, we see, Father, that we are partakers of your divine nature. We are kings in this earth. And we reign in life. And I pray that blessing and that empowerment upon these, your people. By the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen.
Amen. Praise the Lord one more time for me.